As we enter this Thanksgiving season, I hope that this message will encourage your heart today. We're so thankful for all of you who plug in each and every week and you gain strength from the sermons and the ministry the Family of Grace is doing. If there's any way we can be a blessing to you and your family this holiday season, we hope that you'll keep us in mind and allow us to take that journey with you. What is thanks living? Thanks living is that every day that we would live in a way that we would not just give thanks, but that our life would reflect it. I remember coming up, there was an old country song that said, I love yous are cheap, so unless you mean them, don't spend them on me. You remember that song? <laughs> That's how Thanksgiving is many times. We give thanks with our mouth, but not with our heart. And man, I've been thinking about this and meditating on it, and there's a couple of things I want to share with you. How many of you have ever heard this verse? In everything, give thanks. Raise your hand. Is that all of that verse? No? How many of you think that's all that verse? Alright. It's not, but isn't that, that's where most of us stop. But it goes on, it says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We leave that last part off because we don't like it. How many of you has ever heard somebody pull that scripture on you when you just got a raise? Or you just got a new job or a new house. Or your kid just made the first string at the Little League or high school team. No. How many of you ever heard that scripture pulled when, when your spouse left? You lost your job. Your kids were sick. Your dog was missing. How many of you ever heard? That's when we use that scripture. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Why do we only pull that scripture out when times are tough? Because most people only need Jesus when times are tough. But if he tells us in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, circle two words, will and God, underline in Christ. And begin to pull that in and meditate on that for a few moments. Meditate on that like that for a few weeks, it'll change your life. As I was meditating on that phrase for over a month now, in everything give thanks, in everything give thanks, in everything give thanks, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It brought me to a peculiar passage for a Thanksgiving message. Matter of fact, it's an Old Testament passage. You find it in Psalms chapter 23. How many of you ever heard that verse? If you hadn't heard it, you've never been to a funeral. Psalms 23, for the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There is nothing that I lack. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He renews my life. Underline that in your Bible. He renews my life. For your sake, for his name's sake. For his name's sake, he leads me in the right path for his name's sake. And even when I walk through the valley of the darkest valley, for all of our King James family, the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thou fear no danger, for thou art with me. My rod and my staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. It overflows. And only goodness and faithfulness. Love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And all God's people said, Amen. Now here's what I want to do today. If we have a commandment that says, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, then we need to know how do we fulfill that. Because I'm just going to give a shout out of honesty here. Some days it's hard to give thanks for what God's will is happening in my life at the moment. I remember one time I was, I was uh, a guy approached me after church and he said, Pastor, you're always wanting us to amen you when you're preaching. He said, but you've already made it to the shouting side of that sermon. We're still trying to process it. <laughs> I thought, wow, there's a lot of truth to that. You've had, a, you've had several weeks to digest that and to get right with it. We're still trying to receive it. You're wanting us to shout you down. That's why many times the oh, me is more appropriate. So if it's so hard, how do we fulfill that scripture? And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. Not my brother, not my sister, not my neighbor, but me. How do I fulfill that? Well, we can find the answer in Psalms 23. The Bible says this. Let's jump into the middle of it. The first thing you have to be able to do is to live a life of thanks for the course that you're on. The course of life that you're on, you have to be able to live a life of thanks. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He what? Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside those gentle brooks. And today, if we're going to be able to give thanks for the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me, then we have to understand that when we're on the course of life, know this, that when you're going to the really cool places, I mean, when you hear that phrase, he leads me into green pastures and besides still waters, how many of you just get a warm, fuzzy feeling? I mean, that's why they use it at funerals. It makes you feel warm. It makes you feel warm inside. You have this mental picture. How many of you got a mental picture right now? Green pastures, still waters, that I may find a renewed life and a renewed vision in that place. You see, the difficulty is, though, it makes us feel warm and fuzzy, but on the course of life, we need to know that sometimes we can be at the warm and fuzzy places. But the challenge for us as believers is that we have a challenge to honor God, follow God, and stick with the stuff when we're at the warm and fuzzy place. Because in the warm and fuzzy place, we don't need God. We've got it under control. We've got it by ourselves. So we don't need to live a life of thanks because we're doing pretty good on our own. Oh, me. I mean, it's the truth. I've been guilty of it. Don't look super spiritual at me. You know what I'm, you're picking up what I'm putting down. It's easy to get that crossed up. And David understood this. David, who's wrote the psalm here, he understood what it was like because he knew what it was like to have to go down difficult lives. He knew what it was like to have it all going right. David knew what it was like to, to not be able to do anything wrong when everything was wrong. And he knew what it was like to not be able to do anything right when everything was wrong. He understood both sides of it. As a matter of fact, he was a shepherd. matter of fact, this is a young boy who, who was the courageous one. He was the one who didn't turn his back to hard pathways. Because he's the one who went and killed Goliath when the strongest warriors of Israel were shaking in their boots 
hiding in their tents. When the king was a coward and and afraid to go and face him, David, a young lad, stood up and said, I tell you what, I'm just not putting up with this anymore. The young boy. Sometimes when everything was wrong, he knew what to do. It was stand up and be strong. Embrace the course of life that you're on. Live a life of thanksgiving. Even when hell is being served up by the square inches in your life, live a life. When, you, when you're victorious and you just killed the biggest giant, go back and praise Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know one of the challenges that, uh, that we've had in our country is that we don't win well. We fought lots of wars. We looked at that last week in the sermon. And we have conquered lots of places, but we never really win well. Christians are like that a lot of times. They don't win well. Because they forgot the thing that made them great. They forgot the thing that brought them to that place. So in that course of life, we need to understand that, that we have to live the life of thanksgiving. David knew what it was like to, to have the good spot. He knew what it was like to have the bad spot. Matter of fact, if you go a little bit further, past the, the warm, fuzzy feeling, it gets to this other picture. When I walk through the valley of the darkest moment, the valley of the shadow of death, how many of you got a warm, fuzzy feeling right there? Nah. How many of you feel cold? Abandoned. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. He went on and said, when you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, how many of you got to want to jump up now and say, whoa, please let me sit there. This was a literal statement. David knew what it was like to be the king. He knew what it was like to be rejected. He knew what it was like to be despised. He knew what it was like to be undervalued. Matter of fact, whenever they came, Samuel came to anoint a new king in his home, they didn't even bring him to the party. Now let's compare that. That would be like your brother becoming president of the United States and you not even getting an invitation to the inauguration. They said, man, you don't even rate high enough on the family ladder. Stay out there with the sheep. And after all the ones have been rejected, Samuel said, is this all the boys you got? He said, well, we got to run out there in the field. He's with the sheep. He said, well, go get him. See, he didn't even have enough grit. He didn't have enough charisma to make the cut to even go to the party he knew what it was like to feel alone he knew what it was like to feel abandoned he knew what it was like to have a party going on in his own house and not be invited he knew what it was like to have to to have to eat in the presence of your enemies i was at the i was at the mall last night real late i went to to do something and man it was late and i, I said i told christy i'm gonna go do it real quick and come right back and I got in line, and I was too deep. And the person in front of um, at the register was a couponer. And Lord, it, I, I love you couponers. I mean, my wife loves to save money on coupons. But man, it took forever. And she finally left. I said, Phew. this woman had three things. We'll get out of here pretty quick. I got there, and she was a couponer. And then another woman came up behind me who was with her in front of me, and they're having this conversation, and now they're having this conversation around me, and I'm just like, it was hard to give thanks for that was the will of God at that moment. I was ready to go home. I know my family probably thought I was doing some secret Christmas shopping, but I was really just waiting in line. 
And, and here's where I'm making a point. Finally, the old girl behind me leans around and says, hey, did you see old girl over there? And the other girl says, yeah, I saw old girl. And that other lady behind me says, yeah, but I saw old girl. I act like she didn't even exist. I went the other way. I didn't want to look at her. I didn't want to talk to her. When I saw old girl, I went the other way. That girl said, mm-hmm. I did too. And you know what that's like to see somebody you don't want to talk to. You have the luxury and the privilege of being able to walk around the gondola, hide behind the clothes racks, thinking, man, maybe, they'll, maybe they won't see me. David didn't have that luxury. He had to sit at the same table, share a meal, and look his chief enemy in the eye. And here's what David was saying. Lord, you are my shepherd. And I will live a life of thanksgiving when you take me by the gentle waters, when you bring me down to the green pastures. I, when I'm restoring my soul, I will honor you. And Lord, when you set me at the table and all of my enemies are sitting there, God, I will honor you. God, I will give thanks at that moment for this is your will in my life. On my course, God, I will live a life of praise. The only way you can live a life of thanksgiving and to be able to sit at the table with your enemies surrounding you is to have the great shepherd in your life. As I was meditating on this verse for the last month, I began to think about this, and I knew this, but it never really clicked. I know I'm a slow learner. And I, here's what I realized. In Psalms chapter 22, it's a depiction of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And it clicked, Pastor Ralph. I said, wait a minute. In Psalms chapter 22, we have a picture of Jesus Christ being the Lamb. In Psalms 23, we have a picture of Him being the Shepherd. In Psalms chapter 24, we have a picture of Him being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says, who shall ascend to the holy mountain? Who will make His throne up there on the holy mountain? The one who has a pure heart. In the middle of Psalms, David says, I know what it's like to see the Lamb suffer. I know what it's like to experience the Shepherd. And I know what it's like. To worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to tell you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you can read all, read all the self-help books you want, all the positive thinking books you want. The only way you can live a life of thanksgiving is to know whom you believe in and know that He is persuaded to get you through hell by the square inch and you will praise Him when you're at the still waters. You'll praise Him when you're in the green pastures. You'll praise Him when your cup's running over. You'll praise Him when you walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. You'll praise Him when you're sitting in the presence of your enemies. And the only way you'll be able to praise him in the presence of your enemies to praise him when you're walking through the darkest valleys is to praise him when you're in the green pastures to praise him when you're drinking from the gentle brooks if you can't praise him when it's going good you won't be able to praise him when it's going bad and today when praises go up blessings come down and when praises go up blessings come down and we can only receive the blessings when we can pour forth the praise Oh, today, you got to know the great shepherd. you got to know that on your course of life, when you're living a life of thanksgiving, you live it on your course of life. The only way you can live a life of thanksgiving is to know that on the course of life, there's a great counselor. I love what the Bible says about Jesus in the Christmas season. His name shall be Emmanuel. God is with us. 
God's. He's the great counselor, the rock of all ages. Let's rewind to the very first verse. It says the Lord is. We could stop right there and I could preach all day. And those of you who know me very well know I could do it. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Because he's going to bring me to a good place. Yes, I may have to walk through a bad place. But I'm only going through the bad place because he has his eye on the good place. He's the great shepherd. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. When I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I can feel his rod. I can feel his staff comforting me. When I'm sitting in the presence of my enemies, I can feel his rod. There it is. I remember, man, thinking back over my life, you know, that rod of a shepherd was the rod of correction. Sheep, sheep are the dumbest animal they are. And that rod, a lot of times a shepherd would take his, his rod and they would crack him over the head with it. Say, get back over here. Gig him in the flank. Say, get back over here where you need to be. They'd begin to wander off. And he would take the rod and bring them to where he was trying to get them to be. But then he had the staff. The staff didn't have a crook in it because some designer thought it'd be cool to have a crook in the shepherd's staff so that it can be separated from the others. The crook in the staff was because sometimes the little lambs would venture off by themselves and find themselves in the crevices and instead of the shepherd endangering his life and getting down into that ravine or that crevice there, he would take the opposite end of that staff and he would lower it down into that crevice and place the hook right under the, the legs of the, of, the, of the animal and begin to lift them up to save. We have a shepherd. We have a shepherd who cares for us. He loves us enough to discipline us. I've tried and I've thought and I've thought and I've thought and I, I just can't think of one good whooping that my father ever gave me I didn't need. I mean, I've tried to think about them because I wanted to come back and say, here's one right here. You, you, man, you messed up on this. There's never been one time, and I am so thankful that I had a father who loved me enough to take the board of knowledge and apply it to the seat of discipline so that I may make it to where I needed to be in life. The Bible says those who love his children discipline them. We have a father sometimes who loves us enough, and you think, oh, God's just being mean to me. No, it's not. God loves you enough that he's trying to get you to where he wants you to be. And many times you could never get to where you wanted, wanted to, he wants you to be unless he gives you a gentle swat to bring you about where you need to go. I know we live in the timeout society. But God doesn't adhere by the new rules and new policies. The Bible says in Hebrews, because he loves us, he disciplines us diligently. God's trying to get you out of you so that when you get to where you're going, you may not be full of yourself, but you may be full of Christ. Jesus Christ did not go to the cross for you to be full of yourself, but for you to be Christ-like. And the only time that he can get us to be Christ-like is to e evaporate and eradicate bread of himself so that there may be room for the Holy Spirit to fill up. Everybody's running around, I want more of the Holy Spirit, more of the Holy Spirit, more of the Holy Spirit. We need to give more of ourselves to the Holy Spirit. 
today. The great shepherd had a rod that gave comfort. He had a staff that gave comfort. But you know what? When you were sitting in the presence of the enemy, it went a little bit further. He said, he anoints my head with oil. And everybody who grew up in a charismatic background here today says, amen, praise the Lord. Anoint that baby with oil. Everybody who grew up in a traditional frigid background says, oh my goodness, they're breaking out the oil head for the hills. The shepherd knew the value of the oil. Because flies and animals would begin to hang out around the ears of the sheep. And they'd begin to lay eggs in the sheep's ears. And before long, little animals would get in the ears of the sheep. And would make their way, it's straight shot into the brain cavity there. You don't have to be a smart person to figure that out. And those, they would, those, those, those animals would get in their head... And it would begin to drive the sheep crazy. And the sheep would begin to headbutt anything they could find that was hard. They'd find a tree, they would just be butting their head because what was going on in their head was driving them crazy. And the Bible says, He's the great shepherd who anoints my head with oil so that the things of the world won't get in my head and drive me crazy. I want you to know something today, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't care what you're going through in life today based on the authority of the Word of God, based on my own experience. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. If you're in the green pastures, shout hallelujah. If you're down by the still waters, shout hallelujah. If you're walking through the valley of the shepherd, of death shout hallelujah because when everybody runs away Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother he will leave the 99 sheep to go find the one I'm telling you today Jesus has not turned his back on you here's what I realized this week the only person the only thing that Jesus ever turned his back on was the cross I'm going to say that again the only thing Jesus ever turned his back on was the cross when he laid down his life for you. Oh yeah. He is the great counselor. On our course of life. As we're trying to live a life of thanksgiving. And if you're not letting the shepherd take control. You'll end up going astray. And bringing harm to yourself. I'm living proof of that. I remember one time I had this thought. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd tell you what I thought. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart one day. He said, here was the thought. I said, boy, I thought about this person. I said, you better be glad I'm a believer. And the great shepherd quickened my spirit. And he said, no, son, you better be glad. You're a believer. Now when I have those thoughts, I just tell somebody, if you'll sign it, I'll write my name to it. <laughs> Today, give those thoughts to Jesus. Because he's the great comforter on your course of life, giving you the tools of life for the race of life. Look at how it ends up. Anoint my head with oil. Surely. I love that word. Surely. Goodness and mercy. And love. Will follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. 
forever. Surely, goodness and mercy. I call them the hound dogs of heaven. We'll be hot on your trail. Chasing you with love and mercy. Saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, you'll never do it. Unless you know that on your course of life, there's a comforter, a counselor, for the low places and the high places and the places in between. Don't you give up. Don't you throw in the towel. This thing of thanksgiving is far greater than you sitting around saying, I'm thankful for my new job. I'm thankful for whatever. It's about being thankful that we know the great counselor. The Prince of Peace, the Mighty One, is with you every step of the way. You can give thanks for hell by the square inch when you know the shepherd's leading you there. Maybe you're sitting there at home this morning and you're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. Right where you are on your sofa there at home, just say, God, right now, I need a miracle. Lord, right now, I need to start over and just say, Lord Jesus, take my life and let it be. Find you a church, plug in somewhere with somebody to help piggyback you. Today, guys, we can make a difference. This ministry would not be possible without these partners. God of this city, you're the king of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, you're the God of this city, you're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation You are You're the light in this darkness You're the hope to the hopeless You're the peace to the restless You are Greater things have yet to come And greater